friends, let's talk about crypto and NFTs and stuff like that. These are buzzwords and have been for quite a while. Um, first, let's start with where I'm at with it all. Uh, generally, I'll say, well, before yesterday, I've been... So I have like one cool story about buying like 0.65 of a Bitcoin when I was like 17 years old or 16 with like uh, something. I had to go to Walmart to buy like this, to like pre-fill this card to buy it on Mt. Gox and then... Um, and I paid like 70 bucks, which would be worth like, I don't know, right now, like 20, 30 grand or something at one time. Uh, maybe more at one time, more than that, like 30, 40 grand, whatever. I'm tied up in a Japanese lawsuit because Mt. Gox went belly up after the first Bitcoin boom, which the wave that I was riding however long ago, whatever I was in high school. Um, then, you know, basically was like, all right, well that sucks. And then haven't heard about it forever. And then it's, you know, become really big again. And so, but I would imagine that I'm the same as you, a uh, casual cryptocurrency user. You understand the concept of blockchains and that technology and a distributed ledger and y- yeah, stuff like that. Um, you probably have a Coinbase account, trade casually. I don't know. I do. I buy it sometimes when I feel like it's low. Um, and then I sell it sometimes when I feel like it's high and I don't really sweat in between much. And if, if I'm going to take a loss, I just don't take the loss and just kind of wait until it's not a loss and then take it unless it's just really, and it's not like a ton of money. It's not a huge part of my portfolio. Um, but it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger part, but still, it's not a huge part. Like I could lose it all and I wouldn't lose much sleep at all. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that whole thing. And NFTs are a little bit of a newer wave, but you know, they've been around for a while, but now that now, now they're kind of like at my doorstep, like people in Laravel community are tweeting about this world, um, this NFT stuff. And Miguel Pudiera, Pudiera, I never know how to pronounce his name. He's, um, he's a, uh, whatever he's, he's a Laravel guy. Um, you probably familiar with him. I don't know if you're not go check him out. I should freaking know how to pronounce his damn name. He's been like a friend for a long time. So Miguel has kind of like left Laravel, not officially or anything, but drifted over to like the world of crypto and NFTs and smart contracts and stuff. Like he works for like a startup in that space. He does a bunch of his own like stuff in it. It's really cool, but it definitely is one of those things that makes you feel like an old man, you know, (laughs) like it's weird. I'm not used to feeling that way, especially because to outsiders in my normal life, they would think like, oh, you're the like crypto guru. Like, oh no, you don't understand. I'm like an old man uh, you know, yelling, get off my lawn because I don't understand half of these memes and I don't understand these acronyms or these words. (laughs) And I don't know why people are buying pictures of apes and stoned bunnies for thousands or millions of dollars. I don't understand that. So that's, that's where I'm at. So, well, I guess before yesterday, but let's set that as a baseline. Um, because maybe you're there or ahead of there, but I imagine you're at least there. That's my guess because you're a technical person. You listen to this show. Um, all right. So, so this NFT thing, I feel like I turned a corner yesterday and then I kind of get NFTs at least on a bigger level. So I figured I'd just express that journey to you and how it happened. Um, yeah. So basically yesterday, I, this had been kind of building, you know, you know how that happens with things you you hear about something and then you hear about it again and because you heard about it you recognize it in other places and then it becomes something that has enough weight behind it and then like a few people you like trust or respect like are into the thing and that draws you in and then you get into the thing and that's there's like this like potential energy that happens so nfts and that world um have had like enough potential energy to 
kind of get me to a point yesterday where I just rolled up my sleeves and was like, all right, let's, let's do this thing. Let's figure this stuff out. Specifically this, um, this new blockchain thing, whatever, I don't know the terminology, but Solana, it's like an alternative to Ethereum. The idea is, well, it's supposed to be faster than Bitcoin, um, and cheaper than Bitcoin and Ethereum, more eco-friendly. Um, and it looks like the, the interface just looks great. Like you go to the website and you're like, oh, this reminds me of like Stripe, like somebody who's just coming in here and, and it's like developer oriented. So it's like focusing on developers. And so immediately I saw it and I was just drawn to it. And I was like, this is really cool. Like maybe this is my, my little opportunity to get into the space because Ethereum just seems like this big thing that's been around forever. And like, I don't get it and I'm not, I don't know, like ready to roll up my sleeves and jump in, but Solana it's new, you know, it looks really user-friendly and nice or some hype. I don't know. Okay. So so that's what that is. And then SOL is an acronym I'd been seeing around Twitter a bunch and didn't even know what it meant, but it's it's like the coin of Solana. It's like Ether is to Ethereum. You can trade it on Coinbase and buy it and sell it. So um, so this potential energy kind of built up enough. I made some impulse buys on Solana because like, okay, like this is a pretty developer-y thing and I feel like it has some promise and and this just might be the kind of thing where like, because, you know, I'm friends with a lot of like tech people, um, the hype that's going on right now is just a predictor of like when this gets into like mainstream hype and, you know, when the news covers this like months from now or something, <laughs> then, then maybe, you know, when it catches the second wave, of like mainstream wave, then I can like cash out on that wave. I don't know. I don't know. I know that like, it's a fool's errand to try to time any of this stuff, but that's kind of what I do with Bitcoin. I don't time like my stock investments, but the Bitcoin stuff, I, I do play with it. So, so yeah, so Solana bought a bunch of that. And then uh, saw some people's Twitter profile pictures that are uh, pictures of stoned bunnies. Um, yeah, like with joints in their mouth. And I was like, what the heck is this? So we dug in and um, and it's on whatever. It's called Trippy Bunnies and you can buy them. They're NFTs and they're on Solonart. The, it's a newer NFT marketplace. And um, let's just say that within not a very a very short amount of time, I bought a picture of a stoned bunny with a joint in his mouth and bloodshot eyes for $2,000, <laughs> which is crazy. And then I sold it for $3,000 a few hours later, um, but not without some trepidation in between or at least a realization at the end, like after I told my wife, because like, you know, it's kind of play money, the Bitcoin thing for me. Um, so, you know, we have enough money that it's not like, I don't have to like get her approval for every little thing. And generally, like if I dumped, like, I'll just tell like, Hey, and you know, we bought like five grand in Bitcoin today or something like that. And, and just be like, okay, whatever. I don't know. Like do your thing. Um, because it's not like the real money, you know, but <laughs> I told her this and she, she was like, do you know how many wives would, would like lose it on their husbands for buying a picture of a bunny for $2,000? Like, she's like, just don't be an idiot and don't lose all that money because that's going to be really dumb. And I'm like, I think you're right. Just kind of had a reality check. Like, I just bought a freaking bunny, a picture of a bunny for two grand, but I was able to sell it. I was nervous that I wasn't gonna be able to. I was able to sell it and I got out and whatever. Okay, but I feel like I see it. So, so much ground to cover. I got to really fast forward. Here's what it is. Here's what I see now. These these drops. Like if I, let's just say I bought this bunny and, um, you know, I actually don't know if this is happening with this, but like Bored Ape Yacht Club, that thing, like, 10,000 pictures of apes get created or one, I don't know, whatever. So it's this creates a scarcity, which is how economies work. 
and there's scarcity in their status. You can set one of these things as your Twitter profile picture. So scarcity and status are the recipes for anything to be valuable in an economy. Um, so that part makes total sense to me. And then also by owning this thing, you get access to like perks. It's like a video game. It's gamified. And also like they do these drops. So your NFT will spawn other NFTs that you own by by just owning that NFT. And then you could sell those NFTs. So it's sort of like stock splitting or dividends, you know? Um, so, so people say like, I don't understand how these NFT things can like, this makes no sense. They're just people trying to not be the fool holding the bag, you know, like, uh, you're just trying to find somebody stupider than you. But I mean, it's the same thing with hockey cards. Like I used to collect hockey cards like crazy when I was a kid. So I feel like that, I feel like I just internally just get this immediately when I see it, just like, oh my gosh, well, yeah, this is hockey cards. Like I paid a lot of money for hockey cards and they had so much value within my friend group. And also like. I would love to tell you the story about this economy I created at a summer camp with um, uh, with bottle caps. I'll tell you the short version that basically I, I was just like IBC root beer came to the camp store and just these glass bottles of root beer with like a beer bottle cap, but it's just root beer. And I just had an idea. I don't remember why I had this idea. I think I was probably just lo- like into economics and supply and demand and whatnot. I was just like, I bet I could turn this into a currency by just creating a demand seed for it. So I stood out there with a bunch of like candy and chips and stuff and just offered people them for their, their, um, IBC root beer caps, their bottle caps. And they were going to just going to throw them out. So they just started, you know, of course they would give them to me, but now enough people like wanted them that people just wanted the bottle caps. And then I stopped giving away candy and all of a sudden it took on this huge economy of its own for like the rest of that summer camp session. It was a, it was a craze. There were literally people like they the store immediately had to limit how many root beers kids could buy um oh it was crazy different like you know cream soda had a different color than root beer and birch beer so they all like inherited their own like monitor they had their own like denominations just inherently people were doing like garage sales outside their their cabin it was crazy it was like one of the coolest experiences of my life honestly um so i feel like i get this concept like well yeah it's the same thing as like a runescape party hat this video game where you can buy this digital item that means nothing but because it's scarce and it's a status symbol it's insanely valuable so i would never like dispute or question the value of a runescape party hat that makes total sense to me i played runescape for years i get it like if it's a rare item like that that rare it's going to be extremely valuable so NFTs I now see are basically the same thing. If you have, you know, a community of people that are all centrally focused and so that to enable that, you know, statusness, um this makes a lot of sense to me. So like in theory, I could and then you know, all the other like gamification aspects and whatnot, like that's very cool. So I don't know, I just feel like I got it on a deeper level yesterday, like rather than just kind of I know I'm over time whatever. Um yeah, I, I feel like I got it on a deeper level, and it was just really exciting. And then I played Miguel. Uh, uh, I forget if I talked about him in this. Like you're gonna be like you just talked about it or not? I don't remember. Um, I probably did, but I've re-recorded this a few times because I keep rambling. I mean, I'm still rambling, but this is the last time. Anyway, Miguel P. Because I can't pronounce the last name. He created this game called like I don't even know pet something pets whatever. And it's just like a really simple kind of like passive game that you have this like a like a uh, um, Tamagotchi or Gigapet or whatever. Is that what's called Gigapet? Uh, yeah, it's like that, but with on the on um, I think it's yeah, it's on Ethereum. So like your pet's going to get hungry and you have to feed the pet. 
and when you feed the pet you're creating like you know a transaction on the blockchain and that's that and it makes like total sense like it's like this is so cool the applications of this because miguel doesn't have to have a database with my pet in it it's it's decentralized it's on the blockchain he never has to do any of that stuff he just has to get access to my wallet and show me that you know the the stats of that uh pet which is so cool um it's so cool so there's all those technical aspects that i'm starting to really understand um but it's all the other aspects and i'm starting to internalize this so yeah i figured i'd just throw it out there that i now see why these things are really cool um and can actually be very valuable in the same way that runescape party hats are valuable the same way that hockey cards are valuable in the same way that anything is valuable anything that's not just for its own utility is valuable which is a lot of things so there you go good times talk to you later